1: Well welcome to Sunday Coffee. I'm Bark Gregory along with Charlie Winfield. We're in the Farm Bureau Studios here in downtown Startville. Took a little bit of a break. Welcome back. Okay.
0: You remember
1: the Welcome Back Cotter theme song? I do. Feel like we're back. It's been a while. It's been a while, Charlie. Took a little bit of a break. I don't know about you, but I just felt like I needed to decompress. People talk about how what we get to do is so much – it's so cool, and it is. It's it's a lot of fun. John Travolta was in this, wasn't he? Was he? Wasn't he in –
0: was John Travolta in Welcome Back, Cotter?
1: I'm going to have to look that up. I am. I'm going to have to look that up, too.
0: I know he was. What am I even thinking
1: about? What? This isn't even debatable. You know, the sweat hogs and all that stuff. So your Welcome Back, Cotter, was just a little bit uh, – too far out for me i mean as far as i was probably four or five six somewhere in there when welcome back cotter was really rolling i yeah, was not
0: the sweat hogs
1: okay See, you're a little bit older than i am so that was kind of in your uh, gravy train any barberino okay so hey going back and, and thinking about we, we took a little bit of a break well long break you and i came in here I mean, said we were going to take a couple of weeks. <laughs> we came we in here twice. After the last game, didn't even stop to get anything to drink. We were like, man, we're leaving the, leaving the ballpark after we got beat by Texas A&M. We're driving straight to the studio, and we're going to decompress, and we're going to post on this. We're going to take a couple of weeks off. Charlie, going back to the point, what we get to do is pretty cool, but it is hard when we're not playing well. And over the last couple of years, it's kind of taken its toll a little bit. And I didn't watch as much of the college world series or college, the the baseball postseason as I have in years past, just because this year was tough to get over.
0: And I know probably today we ought to go through all our sports, but I want to take on one thing in baseball, since you just hit on the college world series, LSU pulled it off. I, I did not think they would with that construct. Obviously, they don't do it without Paul Skeens. They don't do it without Tommy White. But, you know, the thing that got lost for a lot of people in the LSU situation, it was some guys who were basically just kind of spares that stood up too.
1: Well, you know, two months ago, Thatcher Hurd was not very good. And then all of a sudden he got hot. And, and what does it tell you about us, about Ole Miss, now against about LSU? Get one good pitcher, maybe two, and get hot. Get hot. That's the whole thing It's just getting hot. Beloso got hot. Some of these guys in the lineup who are not hitting the ball well got hot. I think the real message is this. If you are capable of
0: winning the SEC tournament, you are capable of winning the College World Series.
1: Well, and I think, too, during the season, we were talking about how we thought that Dave Van Horn – had constructed it better than anybody. Which he had. He, had he done did a, for
0: the course of the whole season. For the course of yes. the whole season. But LSU was built for that that built, month.
1: Built for that run. And when you get to that point when everything spreads out a little bit at the College Royal Series, and that's more condensed now than it was when we were there. But man That's why
0: you didn't see schemes in the end.
1: Right. Right. And had you seen, you know The thing too is and this is not to take anything away from LSU whatsoever, they had a guy hit in the portal that is generational. You're not going to have – there's nobody – I don't think there's anybody this year in the transfer portal that comes close to what Paul Skeens was last year.
0: Well, I would argue that even Paul Skeens last year didn't come close to Paul Skeens in what he became. Meaning, everybody was looking at Skeens saying, boy, this guy's really good. I don't think there are many people saying this is the best pitcher in 15 years of college baseball, which is what
1: he became. And then for a lot of people, I mean, he may be the best college pitcher I've seen ever. I talked to some guys that said Luke Hochaver at Tennessee 10, 15 years ago was really good, and he was a man among boys. Um, and some of those guys said, hey, Skeens is as good if not better. I mean, he was a, he was a Paul Bunyan out there. I mean, he was bigger and better than everybody.
0: Yeah, he was certainly the biggest kid on the playground. But So, I guess um, – I, I, will, I will say this. I, I don't know that that is the recipe every year. It worked this year. I think you can – look, here's what's going to happen. A lot of people are going to do or try to do what LSU did. And, I mean, look at Major League Baseball, right? The Yankees don't win it every year. The Dodgers don't win it every year. Your high payroll teams aren't always going to win it. There's still a chance for teams to get hot, being smart. But this was certainly a year that makes you want to go spend more money, doesn't it?
1: (laughs) It really does. And going back to that point, the Angels—you got Shohei Otani, you got Mike Trout. (laughs) It's like last night the
0: the tweet. I love these, but Otani went, had three hits, had a home run, a double, a triple, drove in a run with a sacrifice fly is the Angels lose 10-5. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: they got all these guys have gotten hurt in the last week or so. Otani not as bad as they thought he was going to be, be hurt. And I talked to our good friend Marcus Timms the other day, and he was talking about, hey, man, we got everybody hurt. Can you, can you throw a curveball? Still throw a curveball. Oh, we can bring you up. I was like, man, I think we're past that point. Well, I would say this. If anybody has experience in
0: navigating or dealing with with a staff of hurt pitchers, it ought to be us. <laughs> that, there's one bit of advice we can give, and the answer is, there ain't one. No, there's not. There, there is not a good answer for dealing with that. But before we go too far down the baseball path, Bart, because I, I, I've got to muster up the energy to get back into baseball because – I mean, you know, it, it was a lot. It knocked us down a little bit. So let's go through we, we've kinda of taken a step back. Now we're to July. If you think back to the old days, we would be closing in on the time of the year where there's that central Mississippi alumni meeting down in Jackson, which for a lot of people was kind of the kind of the unofficial start to football. You had that. Then you had the back in the day, two a days and I think Rocky one year even tried to have three a days.
1: Back in the old days when you had the, the big alumni events where that's where you found out all your information. This was back before the Internet. And and back when you, know, you talk about Rocky and you know, looking back to Emory Ballard, and one of the reasons what I was going to kind of segue into and in talking to Marcus Timms, the reason he called me, was to ask about Johnny Cooks. Man. And, of course, uh, Johnny Cooks passing away this past week and one of the all-time greats not just in Mississippi State but in the SEC – all-American, second overall pick of the draft, won a Super Bowl. Um, you know, the thing I remember about Johnny Cooks you know, growing up in Louisville and, you know, had the tie to Louisville. His wife was from Louisville. He owned the Johnny's Mug and Cone. He used to have the Mug and Cone restaurant. Then he had Johnny's Mug and Cone. Carnell owns it now, and Carnell used to be the chef at the, at Harvey's, and you got those old-fashioned cheese t- cheese sticks down at Harvey's. But Johnny owned the mug and cone, and Marcus called me the other day, and, and I remember the story. I forgot about it. We talked about this last year with Marcus, about how the little leagues of Louisville really didn't, quote-unquote, integrate until we were, like, 12 years old. And a lot of the guys like Marcus and, you know, so many great players that played – over at the Old Island Middle School for a summer league, and then we were played in the Little League in Louisville, and those guys came over, and we, we had that great those great teams, 12, 13, all the way up, because we all kind of came together. But when they started that, and that group came over to the Little Leagues of Louisville, and the team that Marcus played on was the Giants, because they called Johnny Cooks, and they said, hey, listen, we're going to put all of our best guys together. We're going to go over to the Louisville Little League. And Johnny Cook says, I want to sponsor your team. And he was playing for the Giants at the time. And so Marcus Timms and those guys, they were always the Giants because Johnny Cooks always sponsored that team. And I always thought that was really cool. I forgot about that until Marcus called the other day when we were talking about that. And, but that was Johnny Cooks. You know, he was a great player. But then he became kind of like a personality that was larger than life. And, man, I'll I'll never forget how great he was to me. Um, Loud guy, had a deep, gruff voice, and always laughing. I think
0: of Johnny Cooks because, for me, football really started becoming something I, I began to understand and really kind of live and die with in 1980. So that State 6 Alabama 3 game, I was eight years old. It was the first game I went to in Jackson. And I just remember that 99, and and for all the talk of Marty McDowell, who was a great player, and John Bond, and you think about the guys who were kind of larger than life, Glenn Young, Johnny Cooks was right there, man. Billy I mean, Jackson, Tyrone Keys, man, that, you look at the team, it's crazy. But, you know, there were kids who wanted that 99 as much as they wanted the 13 on a jersey. I mean, he was, he was larger than life even in, in college, and a guy that, I mean, just changed a football game, and – You think back at Mississippi State, one thing we've been able to hang our hat on over the years in football is that we've had good defenses. That defense right there, man, that was strong.
1: Really was. And Johnny, of course, came back here and worked in the athletic department for a little bit of time after he finished up his playing career. And, of course, he won the world championship with the Giants. Bill Parcells in that group, of course, played a lot with the Colts. And, man, he saw the relationships that he had with guys like Kent Hull and, you know, who – Left us way too soon, but the thing I think about is you know Wesley Reed, who passed away a couple of years ago, was a longtime assistant football coach and then worked as administrator. We used to get together during the summers on Thursday nights at uh, John Johnson. I don't know if you remember Mr. John Johnson. He ran the Holiday Inn here, and Mr. John was uh, just a great man. And we would get together sometimes on Thursday nights, and he had a camp house down in Oxnard. And we would go down there and he had this pond that he had built and there was a cypress tree right in the middle of the pond. And I remember we got out there one day and Mr. John had got going out there in his boat and he had put the Johnny Cook's tree, put a sign up that says the Johnny Cook's tree, because it didn't matter if the wind was blowing, not blowing, or where Johnny was. He was going to hang a line and hang a lure in the tree. In that tree. And so the Johnny Cooks tree down at, the, down at Mr. John's, and man, it just, uh, it's been a tough week when you think about Johnny Cooks and how important he was to the Mississippi State family, not only as a player, but as an ambassador. And then you had one of our former women's basketball coaches and Nikki McCray, uh, Nikki McCray-Penson, passing away as well from cancer. You know, came here, and you know, it was a very interesting situation. When she came here, COVID hit, Nikki had battled cancer before, and, you know, it was, a, it was just a strange time. Vic Schaefer leaving, and I, I'll, I'll say this, no matter what you say about Nikki McCray, she was a great player at Tennessee, a great player in the WNBA. Nikki was a very good person to be around, and, of course, our thoughts and prayers were with her husband and her son, and, of course, Nikki was a, was a great, great person to be around and just a tough time to kind of kind of piece everything together coming off of COVID and um, but uh, it's been a tough week for the Bulldog family with with Nikki McCrae Penson and the passing of Johnny Cooks and so Charlie you know, you talk about football a moment ago and the older guys like Johnny Cooks and you know, they're 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 not even on campus yet you know they come in the first week of August and everybody wanted to see okay who's going to report
0: freshman report day was a big thing man
1: who's going to be eligible. You know, this is...
0: You'd have the trainers there. They'd all come. You'd weigh, measure. You want to see how tall they really were, how much they really weighed. <laughs> Check out the verticals.
1: Wait, I thought this guy was 6'2 two, and 240. <laughs> he shows up and he's 6'11. 6'11, on one. One. <laughs> one, 180. Tall cleats. <laughs> the, uh, no, it's changed so much because basically everybody's here. Yeah, all time. So, football-wise... When when you think about this year's football team, right now all the talk is about recruiting and what Zach Arnett and his crew have been able to do in recruiting, especially in the state of Mississippi. So far. So far. And you go back to the point of I remember Jim Ellis telling me the first day I walked in the office, March 6, 2000, he said there are two things you got to understand. One is you can't fall in love with a coach. Mississippi State—it's always the most important thing. We've seen that before by people maybe falling in love with a coach more than they do the school. And the second thing is—is is you can't live and die by wins and losses because if you do that, you'll drive yourself crazy. And it's kind of the same way in recruiting. If you don't keep the mindset of an even keel, you may think you're getting killed out there on the surface, but underneath, you're working it pretty good. So that's that's the thing about recruiting in sports that we see a lot in baseball is it's not apathy because sometimes it may come across as being apathetic. and Oh, I don't care. But at the end of the day, you care, but it will drive you crazy.
0: When I was in college, I read this book by Herb Cohen on negotiation. and it, One line from the whole book sticks with me. And that was, he said, the secret to life is to care, but not that much. So it's the secret to negotiation, the (laughs) secret to doing anything. And I think the key to recruiting is to care, but not that much. And what I mean by that is, clearly, recruiting is the lifeblood. It is no surprise. It is no great upset. It is no mystery what it is that takes to win championships in college football. Sign the most four and five stars. Players. Period. Period. You're in, you're out, and you can go through this, well, we're going to coach them up thing. Look, you could have coached me every summer all day long, and I was never going to be a scratch golfer, right? You can yell at me, you can push me, you can train me, and I still won't be able to dunk. you got to have people you can work with, right? And there are people who develop, but your hit rate is significantly better on better players, right? It's just that simple. That being said, right now most commitments and this isn't universally true look you'd rather have them than not let me be clear but it's about as strong as somebody asking me if I want to go to dinner in three weeks yeah but there's a real good chance that yes is going to change to a no and it's funny because everybody wants to look at everybody else's yeses and say well those are almost certain no's
1: and Oh, we're going, uh, those to, are going to change that. Yes, over there, man. We're going to, we're going to change their mind on that. Yes,
0: but our our guys are probably they're locked in. We got a force so, field
1: going. But yeah, but the the I think the thing I would say
0: is there are going to be people who commit, who decommit, who recommit, who open their recruitment, and please respect my decision and all those things. There are going to be people on every college roster who you're going to deal with this again next year. So it matters. It's important. But the idea, I'll say this, the idea that Zach Arnett is out doing dumb things because I see this idea that, well, Mississippi State's just, you know, promising. The the idea that Zach Arnett, is they're winning recruiting battles right now through one thing. That's just good old-fashioned work. And he has hired a staff that is really good at connecting in the state of Mississippi. And – so I feel really good about the work they are doing, and I feel really good about it in in the the long game. But in many ways, that's a that's almost an issue for the 26th season, isn't it? I mean, if you think about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, right now, I mean, is it, is it going to help you in the short term? Is it going to help you in 2023? No. It's going to help you in 2024. No. You hope not. Probably, oh, yeah, you hope. You're hoping you're not relying on a lot of freshmen. Hey, so thinking back to, you know, going into this year and what the pieces you have together. Okay, Southeastern Louisiana, Arizona, and then LSU, first three games. And then you've got South Carolina on the road. So South, Selah, Arizona, LSU, South Carolina. We said last year we thought the LSU game was going to be kind of a swing game early in the season and it was we didn't play well at all down there. If you look at the first 4 games this year and say let's say you go 4 and 0, you're looking at a special special season. If you go 3 and 1, you're looking at a I think a really good season. But hey, there are possibilities you go 2 and 2, easy, easy and and be a good football team and be a really good football team.
0: You know, Jackie used to look at the schedule by month. This is one of those strange years where we have five football games in the month of September. But right now, when you look at it, southeastern Louisiana, one of the few directional schools that hasn't tried to adopt a, another moniker, right? they're, they're not uh, – no, I guess that was Lafayette, right? That but they're not in the Louisiana system, came. are they? Are they not? Are they not? I'm not sure. Yeah, it doesn't matter. That shows you how interested mm-hmm. I am. Uh, but you've got uh, – Southeastern Louisiana, you better have a win there. You better have a win against Arizona. Then there are two huge swing games in LSU and South Carolina. Then you've got Alabama. And I get it, you get Alabama here, but I mean if we're sitting with the boys out in Vegas, you're gonna you're gonna take that one. If you if I told you right now I was giving you three and two in September, would you take it? Yes.
1: Right now. You would. Yes, I would take it right now. So, because I think if you're three and two after five games, you're setting yourself up to have a really special season. Because then you have Arkansas on the road. Right. I'm not sure how how good Arkansas is going to be. I know, I know they got KJ back playing in Fayetteville is always tough. We should have beat them two years ago up there. I'm going to tell you this: I would not
0: take three and two if you gave it to me. Would you not? Yes, I, w- I would rather play it and take my chances. Okay, because I would rather take. When I get it. LSU's a good football team, but can you beat them here at eleven in the morning before they've woken up? Surely you can. I mean, you can. That's can what I'm you saying. Win on the you road, can. I would. I would rather take my chances at going four and one because I think the worst case is you're going to come out of the month of September two and three. Now that's a that's tough to sell. But I before you gave me three and two, I'd take my chances at four and one because then you get Western Michigan. Then you've got a chance at
1: Arkansas. You've got a chance at Auburn. How much better will Auburn be? A lot. I think that I think they'll be a lot better because I, you know, for all of his indiscretions, I think he is a pretty he is a decent football coach, decent football coach. If you can put up with just a human, but then no, look, there are a lot of bad people in
0: college football. Some worse than others, like bad humans, yeah, like just bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not calling anybody out. I'm just saying in general, there yeah, are bad people.
1: There are bad coaches. There are bad athletic directors. There are bad human beings out there in this world. Then we play Kentucky, and then you play Texas A&M on the road in College Station. I think Texas A&M will be, you know, the the uh, the spin machine is already out on Texas A&M. Those guys just had to play with a lot of freshmen last year because you know they had a great recruiting class. Somebody
0: was asking me, why is A&M always rated so high? Why are they ranked ahead of us? It's about clicks, man.
1: It's it's about follows. Yep. And then Southern Miss, Ole Miss, whatever. I I think, the you know, the first five games, I think the month of September is going to tell you a lot about. You could be a good team and win seven games. You know, we only have one home football game in the month of October, and that's Western Michigan on October the 7th. That's it you got three games out of the gate that are home. you got one October game at hey, home. you to have four out of
0: five to open the year. We're going to want a road trip after September. So, hey, five out of six.
1: Hey, so talking about road trips and this kind of segue you know, into – Excuse
0: me, four out of five, right? Four out of five to start the year.
1: Yeah, four out of five to start the year. Sp- no,
0: five out of six. That is right. Five yeah, f- out of your first six games are at home.
1: Ooh, man. So – Looking at playing games on the road in another sport, men's basketball, going on the road to Portugal in the off season. new team, got the great guard coming in from Marshall, big guy from West Virginia.
0: Yeah, you got Andrew Taylor coming in. You got Jimmy Bell coming in. So you've given yourself a guy who can shoot. You've given yourself an upgrade behind Tolu. And you have Tolu back. You've got Shaq Moore back.
1: Deshaun Davis. Cameron Matthews. Matthews. So going on the road and kind of meshing everybody together, because we always talk about this all the time, about playing games on the road early in the season, especially in basketball when you've got 15 guys together, staying in a hotel for the first time. And what does that do to the cohesiveness of a team? I think that trip to Portugal for this team is going to be really good. Because you get the extra practices to get ready too, you know. We took a trip overseas before
0: the final four year. I and mean, we've done that a couple of times, and typically you are better because of those trips. You don't go to sightsee. I mean, it's not uh, whatever lip service is given. You don't go to Portugal so that your kids can take in the sights. Now,
1: didn't we go to Amsterdam and um, and so we went to Netherlands, Belgium, maybe, and I think that was before. Rick's last year. Now, Ronardo did not go with a team, but Arnett Moultrie and that whole team went. And that was a year it kind of all fell apart. Well,
0: <laughs> it's not a surefire thing. <laughs> you know, we went one time back when you and I were very, very young. They went overseas and had to get somebody out of the country before uh, the authorities caught up with them for bank robbery. So uh,
1: Ray White was framed. Okay. <laughs> okay.
0: Just, you know. Had to, had to get that was out Australia,
1: of there. wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I thought, allegedly. <laughs> I don't know if the
0: statute of limitations is run. Um, <laughs> well so
1: so men's basketball, you gotta be excited about what's going on right now with men's basketball. There's a lot of excitement. Of course, um season ticket information went out this past week. I think August the seventh, maybe the deadline for men's basketball season tickets so people have plenty of time. You got the new club level a club area at men's basketball in the Humphrey Coliseum, how that's going to change. That's going to be on the west side, the middle three sections. It'll be 107, 10, excuse me, 105, 106, 107. And that'll be kind of club sections that feed up to the club that'll be at the concourse level. A new receipt this year in basketball. We haven't had a receipt in a long time and so you'll have a receipt, a new club option. There's a lot of excitement right now with men's basketball, women's basketball too. There's a lot of excitement with women's basketball and what Sam Purcell is adding to his team. Hey, before you go there, though, uh,
0: before we turn the page to women's basketball, um, we've talked a little bit about recruiting. We have to talk about one of the best recruiting jobs that was done and the most important recruiting jobs done on this campus this season, and that's Tolu Smith coming back. That's huge for us because if you don't think Tolu had chances to go elsewhere, you well, would be
1: wrong. and, and kind of going back to football too. So many times we get hung up on transfer portal. Who are we getting out of the transfer portal? How who are we going to get and bring in? So much about what has gone on at Mississippi State is about. Keeping what you got. Oh, man. Holding on to what you got. And so one of
0: the things, this is a a thing that's going to have to be addressed, I think, in the NCAA structure. And because I think it has to, it won't. There is a negative, there is a disincentive to schools to let kids graduate. So think this through. During your regular, what I'll call your regular four-year career, right, you get one transfer. You can transfer without sitting out you're immediately eligible but when you graduate you get another one and then the worst thing about it is the portal deadlines don't apply the same way and so there are kids many many kids who now gain that second transfer option if you're a school think about this it creates a disincentive to a school to put a player on the path towards graduation now on the other hand it I suppose incentivizes a kid to graduate, right?
1: So what you're what you're saying is is it gives the incentive for schools to give, say, the Josh Quinn meth, method of graduating. Let's take six years.
0: Well, it's kind of the uh, shout out to Josh, yeah, uh, our friends down in South Mississippi, um, Central Mississippi, Central East Central Mississippi. Um, no, I think though that it. It does encourage you to say, I'm sorry, you needed one more class to graduate, but unfortunately, we don't offer that class in the spring, so you'll have to come back in the fall. That's what it incentivizes you to do. But, alas, big recruiting win to keep Tolu. Sam Purcell and and some portal success. I think some really big portal success for Mississippi State. Um, Sam Purcell had some real transfer portal success. But he combined that with keeping three players he really needed to keep, Jessica Carter, Jaquela Jordan, Debrecia Poe. But then you bring in Lauren Park Lane, Darian Rogers. You get Aaron Barnum from Arkansas. I mean, He's added some talent to go with a team that's, that's really good. And when I look at women's basketball in the league right now, clearly the two that you have to watch out for are LSU and South Carolina. But I don't see any reason that Mississippi State can't can't vie for third in the league.
1: Yeah, definitely a top-half team. Okay, baseball-wise, Charlie, we've, we've added some pieces baseball-wise. It took us a while. We got our pitching coach in and Justin Parker. I think everybody that's met him has He's been around him. He's a here, dude, man. Has, is, has really, I think a lot of it has to do with – you hate to quote – use that term mindset. God, I hate that word mindset. But, I mean, just changing the way you go about your day – on the mound, and just the way that you think when you're out there pitching is going to be a big key. I was listening to
0: Oral Hershiser last night broadcasting the Dodgers and the Angels. Hershiser, of course, the the Dodger legend. He was also a pitching coach for the Rangers for three years, color analyst now for the Dodgers. And he was talking about watching a pitcher and saying it is clear that this guy has confidence that he can beat you in the strike zone. And that really jumped out at me. You talk about a mindset issue, a mindset that we have lost post-Landon Sims, post-Will Bednar, is this idea that we can beat you in the strike zone. It's like we've kind of gone with the mentality thinking, we need you to chase something out of the zone. We have to throw a borderline pitch. I think one of the things in talking with Justin Parker is you're going to see a guy who instills confidence in his players that they can win – in the strike zone that they don't have to nibble and uh, and that they can throw inside for example I mean think about how much we've watched over the past few years not just nibbling nibbling away other than with your guys like you, you know your elite guys how much better was Casey Hunt at the end of the year the last month of the year Casey Hunt was pretty good we started throwing inside with him more we didn't do that early. Justin Parker is going to be a guy who's going to throw to both sides of the plate, up and down, and he's going to challenge pitchers to win in the zone.
1: So I was um, I was out and about, and I saw someone the other day, and they were voicing concern about the few people we were bringing in from the transfer portal at this time. If you look at it, is that cause for concern to you? No, not yet. I mean, the, the story
0: isn't done. That, that's the thing. It's it's a little bit to me like getting bothered by early commitments in football. Not exactly. It's a little more important because there are players coming off the board and you can say, man, would have liked to have had that guy. But there are still pieces out there in the transfer portal who are the ones you wanted, and they hadn't done anything yet. And so I think you only evaluate this thing When it's over, I mean, there are some really good pitchers. There are two pitchers in the transfer portal right now that if they came to Mississippi State, significantly improves the outlook for our team for next year. Now, I'm also a believer, though, that you're going to see guys like Bradley Lofton take a big step forward under Justin Parker. I think you're going to see Gerangelo take a big step forward. Colby Holcomb, you just watch. Colby Holcomb is going to be really good this year.
1: How many guys do we have on our roster right now? Uh, About 80. Um, (laughs) I mean, because that, to me, lends itself to the situation of why are we not going out and raiding the portal? we got a bunch of guys coming in already.
0: Well, look, there's no secret that we still want to be active in the portal. But you can't just take somebody for the sake of taking somebody because it impacts everything else you want to do. So I think my thought is we'll see. I I don't know the answer yet, but the fact that it hasn't happened already is more of a that's more of a fan thing than a coach thing to me.
1: Hey, we are in the Farm Bureau studios. We haven't talked about any of our sponsors yet. Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. They have agents all across the state of Mississippi. Great customer service, home, life, auto, whatever you're in the market for. Go by and see our friends at Farm Bureau. And also, Sunday Coffee brought to you by Strange Brew Coffeehouse. Strange Brew. They, uh, I went by the the Midtown location on University. You know, they are consolidating here in Startwell. They're going back to the original, and that's it, on Spring Street Highway 12. And so they're closing the Midtown location on Tuesday. But churning spoon ice cream, you can go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. The thing- and if
0: you go, you'll see uh, some new stickers around Yes, that you need to pay attention
1: to. Strange Brew, supporting the Bulldog Initiative. And the thing about Strange Brew, when you start talking about gourmet coffee, they are the OG. They are the original in Startville, and they are the go-to in Startville. So the treats, the muffins, strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. They'll ship you the mugs. They'll ship you the coffee. It's great stuff. I'm drinking my blueberry-flavored coffee this morning. Charlie's got his straight-up black coffee.
0: Hey, you know what we're working on? So Shane over at Strange Brew and I've been talking. We are working on a special Bulldog Initiative drink. Really? Yeah, so when you go in, you order the drink, a, a percentage of that that sale will go to the Bulldog Initiative, and we're also working on a blend of coffee, and so that if you call up and you, or go on the online and you order it, a percentage of that will come back to the Bulldog Initiative. So, still in the lab there, I am, uh, I'm, I'm kind of wanting some chocolate, particularly some dark chocolate somewhere in this drink, but. So, do we have a chance to go into the lab? Will they let us in the lab? I have suggested, in fact, that we get about three different options, and and we kind of crowdsource which one will become the official drink of the Bulldog Initiative.
1: Well, that's cool. Hey, that's the great thing about Shane and Strange Brew. Guys have been around Startwell for a long time. you will have a little fun with you. uh, Oh, yeah, have a lot of fun with you. So, Strange Brew Coffee House. Also, Cannon Ford of Startwell, Cannon Ford. Nobody beats a Cannon deal. Just on the east side of Startwell on Highway 182. New used cars. If you need a spray-in bed liner, if you need the service center, they've got great customer service. You get... Dinged out, up out of here on Highway 12. Need to go to the body shop. They'll get you squared away there. Chris Keen and all the great sales staff and fantastic staff at Startwell, Canon Ford of Startwell. They have a just a great new selection of new and used cars, and they will take care of you. And the, they are they are the exception and not the rule when it comes to the car business because they are tremendous. Everybody sits there and says, customer service, we're good at this, but they really are. They're great people. And so go by and see your friends at Canon Ford. Also, Tracks Plus, TracksPlus.com. You got the Sandy Excavators and Mini Excavators. You've got the barco equipment for the Forester They've got five locations. Of course, it all started in Hickory, Mississippi. Then you're, you're traveling between Startville and Columbus on the right side of the road, on the south side, if you're going from Startville to Columbus. Tracks Plus, they've got the great heavy machinery. Big Mississippi State people, Chris Chris Weems, and that the uh, that crew. They started out small, and they are just expanding and blowing up, especially in the machinery world. And so, our good friends at Tracks Plus, Charlie. Anything else for the good of the cause today? Hey, we just wanted to get back. It's been a while since we've been in the studio. It feels good to be back. Get ready for our fall. We'll have some fall shows for you. Friday our deep dig, and then Sunday coffee. Have some midweek shows for you, and. We always like to take a break during the summer. Had a little bit longer summer this year than uh, than we would have liked.
0: Yeah, I think you've missed two big storylines. Okay. Or perhaps one storyline related to two people. And that is we've talked about recruiting your own players back. Dakota Jordan and Hunter Hines. Yes. Coming back to be a part of Mississippi State baseball. I don't think it can be overstated how important that is. You, you look at Hunter Hines, and Hunter is a guy who is – He's, you know, he's not terribly expressive, right? He, he doesn't uh, – he's not a social media guy. He, he's not doing commercials. He's not doing those things. Hunter just kind of shows up and plays baseball. He has a chance to be the MVP up in the Cape League this summer. He's leading the league in home runs, hitting for a high average as well. But Hunter Hines, never any doubt. I mean, that guy's all bulldog, and he's got a chance to put his name all over – the record books with another good season this year in terms of career home runs and those type things. And there have been a lot of talk. Look, Hunter Hines had – Hunter Hines could have found plenty of people that wanted him to be somewhere, just not a guy who ever even considered it. And so then I want to talk about Dakota Jordan a minute because there was the brief uh, period of time that Dakota Jordan went in the transfer portal, then came out of the transfer portal less than 24 hours later, and in today's world there's always this idea of, hey guy got paid. Guy got paid. That that's such a that would be a, a terrible misreading of the Dakota Jordan situation. And sometimes I don't want to say too much here, but sometimes it's not about a player. It's not about the guy. It, Dakota Jordan never wanted to be anywhere other than Mississippi State. And um I think we're better for having him back.
1: Yeah. Um Draft first round today, later tonight. Nolan Stevens, a big dog from out in California, removed himself from the draft yesterday. We're going to have some guys that get drafted. Um, He comes in as a dual guy.
0: Yeah. he's And it remains to be seen whether he will be a guy who pitches a little, hits a little, or does one a lot, the other a little. Um, or does he come in and be like a uh, Jonathan Holder who thought he was going to do both and then decided he needed to pitch? Uh, uh, Is he going to be like a Renfro who played around with pitching until Butch Thompson one day said, do you even want to be doing this? And he said no, and went out and played the field. It remains to be seen, but here's what it is. I'm kind of in recruiting uh, kind of like I think you have to approach the NFL draft. You just take the best player available. He, he's one of the best players available. Where you put him, you figure out later. But yep. now he's here, or will be.
1: So you've got Makai Grant, the guy from IMG. Jason Norton. That's a kid from Auburn, I think. Yes, yeah, a kid from Auburn. Could be on the draft board. Dylan Cup, the shortstop from Georgia. Of course, Aiden Smith, the outfielder from Texas. Uh, he's a guy that could be a major draft risk. Of course, you know, Colin Houck, the – the the guy from Parkview, Georgia the shortstop you know he's going to be a first round draft pick so you you're going to have some you know you're going to have some guys taken in the draft but i think you know, this this class had some depth to it and another thing too about the draft man we talked about this for the past couple of years going to 20 rounds Changes things, doesn't it? It changes things a lot, and so the draft starting out, and of course you kind of wonder what it's going to do, you know, draft wise, as far as lead better. I mean, I think he's going to be a high draft tonight, and so think about some
0: other players right now on your roster to keep an eye on who I think you assume are gone, but wait and see. Where does Kellum Clark go? Where does Amani Larry go? Where does Cade Smith go? You know, all those guys still have eligibility, but where do they go in the draft, and do the numbers match up, and you know, or is it Casey Hunt? So, you, there's still a lot to be solved, even with your own roster.
1: Okay, so Charlie, before we get out of here, Bulldog Initiative, and the way that the college world is going now with the collectives, and how important it is for people to be involved in the Bulldog Initiative. And one of the things we talked about holding on to players you have and having success, you have to have a very strong NIL program in today's world to compete at this level. Now, if you're competing in the Pac-12, it may not be as important. If you're competing in the Mountain West Conference, it may not be as important. But every sport we're competing in, and that's one of the great things about Mississippi State, We're in the best league in the country. We're in the best division of the best league in the country. And for Mississippi State to be successful, we have to have a strong NIL program. And so I know you guys, you've been working on it tirelessly for the past couple years. And I think more and more people are beginning to understand, people who early on says, hey, I don't like this, I don't want anything to do with it, are beginning to understand now that to be successful – that we are going to have to have people involved in this. And that's one of the great things. It seems like the Bulldog Initiative has a lot of momentum right now with a lot of people getting on board, understanding this. We're doing this the right way. That was one of the great things about a past few months ago. We had the Wall Street Journal article come out. You guys had kind of put things in place that a lot of other schools had not to make sure that we're handling everything the right way
0: well what i'd say too is um, we're having success if you think back among our sports if you start to look at things through cycles of years and we're kind of headed into the third cycle in some ways but if you look at this past year year two of nil and i laugh because some people like talk about how great their nil programs that's the thing that is true there is not an NIL group around that isn't telling you how great they are or begging for money uh, because we're about to fall apart. It's one of the others. Um, but you see people talk about how much they raise. What I choose to look at, though, is how effective are you being? And right now, if you go back over this past year, and we want to name the athletes who left Mississippi State because of NIL, and give you one. One.
1: And looking at that one. And then think about the incoming. Well, that's what I'm about to say. <laughs> you know, and thinking back, sometimes, you know, addition Some, by subtraction sometimes is a good thing.
0: Yeah, I remember. It goes back to what you were talking about, being even killed. Sometimes you just have to make smart decisions and you have to invest. Look, ultimately, you have to treat the money that is being given to you um, – as if you're in a position of trust. You have to respect the people are giving. And what that means is you can't make emotional decisions. You can't make dumb decisions. You're going to make some bad ones, just like every stockbroker. You're not going to win every trade. The question is, how's your portfolio? And when I go and I look, I I remember, because the one that just still gets me, and I I probably should read the message boards less, right? But, uh, you know, this is embarrassing. You should have done whatever it took to keep this player. That's just that's a foolish mentality. That's the mentality that leads to dumb decisions and gets you beat. You have to be smart, and you have to think holistically. You have to think about the entire program. And I would say that record's pretty dang good. But it also speaks to, and I want to say this because it's not just about NIL. Look, kids make decisions about schools for reasons just the same as they always did. Some, it's about what number they can wear. Some, it's about where their apartment is or what house they're living in or who their roommate is or what their major is or what affinity they had to the school growing up. All those things still matter. NIL is really, really important, but a lot of times there's other things at play. Sometimes you're running back and you want more carries and you're in the air raid offense. Yeah, you probably need to transfer, right? Yep. So, So those things do happen, but I think it goes back to, Mississippi State's coaching staff has done an outstanding job of recruiting players who fit Mississippi State and who want to be here. And I believe that one of the most important determinations, determinative factors, I guess you could say, for coaches going forward in their success or failure, particularly as it relates to high school players, is understanding more and more about the type of person you are assigning more so than at least as much as the talent. You know, in Major League Baseball, we're talking about the draft tonight. One of the things they do, they send out teams who evaluate these guys on what kind of dude are we getting.
1: Oh, didn't we say that in our last show? Didn't we talk about Myers-Briggs and everything? Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) But, but, you know, they do that. I talked with the guy on Major League Baseball team, and I said, what do you do? He said, I meet the guys. So I I don't deal with the baseball side. I deal with what kind of guy are we bringing in. And so it's the success for us is going to be going in and finding kids from Grenada, Mississippi and Decatur, Mississippi and all points in between who fit the culture here and who want to be here. Then what you have to be able to do, though, is you have to be able to, you can't be foolish and think that NIL isn't going to matter because it is. because And it's not to say that. You can't uh, – you've got to do everything everybody else does, but you have to treat people – you know, when they have options, you got to treat them with some respect and, and uh, give them a path to stay. And I've been really pleased by the growing – we've had significant momentum over the past couple of months, and I am really excited about where things are going.
1: Yep, and we'll continue to have momentum because uh, there's a lot of people put in place right now that uh, – We're going to make this thing even better. So, hey, Charlie, enjoyed it. Good to see you as always. I guess we'll be back next Sunday, kind of get on the gravy train now for the rest of the year. I think we're all vacationed out. It seems like I've been gone the entire summer, whether it be ball with Sims, whether it be just we went to Chicago and uh, saw Kendall, saw Hunter Renfro, saw Marcus, Tim Anderson. Had a great little trip up there. But uh, I'm I kind of vacationed out, ready to roll now. Well, I'm glad to hear you've been doing that. I've just been here working, Bart. So you uh, you
0: keep uh, living no, the life, man. No,
1: no, no, no. You, you, you've made some trips, too. Are you an owl or are you a window guy on the plane? Oh, I'm an owl guy. I am, too. I used to be a window guy. And then I realized real quick I'm kind of a little bit claustrophobic. And especially if you get people on the window in the, in the, in the, in the middle seat that you don't know. Now, if you're with family, I don't mind it. I don't mind telling them to get up. But I do have the red-eye exception.
0: So if I'm on the red-eye flight where I know I'm going to try to sleep, I want the so I can lean up against the wall.
1: And you don't have to worry about somebody kind of knocking your arm around a little bit.
0: Yeah, getting hit by the cart, coming down the aisle, that kind of thing.
1: I'll tell you what I did have yesterday. I had the guy who was the overly ambitious cowboy who liked to talk real, real loud, about three steps, you know, three rows behind us, asking everybody where they're coming from and all that stuff. I just want to take a nap.
0: You know what has changed about me? Real, real quick note on flying. I, I have taken a leap forward, and I'm really proud of this. I am no longer offended by the crying baby. i never feel I, I That used to be the thing that would just get me, and I have turned over a new leaf, and I now find sympathy for the mother oh, traveling I, with the child.
1: I am there too. And then – the in, loud talker, however, I don't like the loud I have talker. No sympathy for the, the baby, you kind of want to walk up and say, "Hey, do you want me to relieve you for a little bit, just to give you a little bit of rest?" But I know in today's world, that would the person would probably have me arrested. But yeah, he'd the,
0: be tased before he got
1: back to your. Exactly. Suit. Hey, I'm gonna give you. It's like going to a restaurant. You know, you used to hate the little kid that sat beside you. Now you're like, "Hey, do you want him to join us? Give you a little bit of a break?" A no, bit I'm not of a going break.
0: that far. I still have my restaurant exception.
1: So, we were taking our fishing gear. I sh- I showed you the picture the other day. Oh, yeah. So, the picture with the, the, the fishing gear was coming off the conveyor belt in Norfolk, Virginia. And it got hung up in the – tore up all the fishing rods. And these two great guys, great workers at the Norfolk airport, my bag was completely eaten alive. And they were down there, had to shut everything down, trying to pull it out of there. I felt so hard Everybody for Everybody
0: else is trying to just get their bag and go home and – you bringing fishing poles on an airplane shuts down half the
1: airport. Shut it. Down, Completely shut it down. Hey, enjoyed it as always. Once again, thanks to our good friends at Farm Bureau. Go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. Strange Brew Coffee House, Trax Plus. Go to traxplus.com. Hey, strangebrewcoffeehouse.com if you want to order that great coffee. Hey, our good friends at Country Pleasing Sausage, countrypleasing.com. They'll ship it to you. Cannon Ford of Starkville. Nobody beats a Cannon deal. Nobody. And also our friends at Bank. Go to bankfirstfs.com for all your lending needs. So for Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. Appreciate you guys listening to us here on Sunday Coffee.